Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Cemetery Files on Studio 6 Productions. Woohoo! Woohoo! I am your host, Jay Hill, with my other host, Kelly Schaefer. Yay! Yay! <clears throat> so, today we are starting a little bit early, but that's okay. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to say you can find us all on, on Facebook on Parapost Network, also Paralanx Network. You can also find us on YouTube and our studio six production page as well as hearing us on all video or on all audio po- uh, platforms so wherever you get your podcast you can find us there this show will be uploaded after the show is over and then everybody will be happy yay, yay! so <clears throat> so yeah so like i said we started a little early we just wanted to we were so excited for today because our special guest today is barry fitzgerald and for anybody that doesn't know who Barry Fitzgerald is, um, he was I do. On, he, <laughs> he was on um, GHI, uh, Ghost Hunters International, yep. as well as the original Ghost Hunters. Is very knowledgeable. Uh, he's got uh, he's had quite a quite a bit of stuff going on in in the past. He's a great researcher. He's so fun to talk to. And why not just invite the guy? So yeah. here he is. You, you never know until you say it. Hey, right. there he Barry. is. <laughs> Jay, Kelly, how are you both? Doing well, thank you. We're doing well. Yeah, good, it's, it's great good. to have you have you on, on actually talking to me again, because we had that show with Josh not too long ago, last year, I think it was. That's right. Um, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, and the knowledge that you were talking about with the folklore was, was enthralling in itself. So, And Josh just came back from Ireland actually good for him he survived yeah he did <laughs> he did he said he was, he was gonna try to get a hold of you but he said that he was just so busy with this documentary and yeah it was just and I'm and I'm anxious to hear what he's uh gonna put together so yeah and mm-hmm. Ireland itself is you know a dream of mine to go to and you live there so. I do, I do. Yes, for, for being so blessed, I live in the west coast and enjoy all those rampant storms that rise off the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kelly's been uh, dealing with that in uh, where she Tennessee. lives. Tennessee, Tennessee. I'm in yeah. Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yeah, so, so yeah. yeah. So how, I'm now how, dealing with brownouts because the wires are loose. Oh yeah, well, we don't want that. We no. we like you to stay where you're at. Yeah. So, I know. <laughs> so uh, Barry, uh, tell us. How have things been since the last time we talked? Um, it's it's been good. Um, it's been exceptionally busy. Um, yeah. Because we we we've had a short summer this year. Because up until recently, we've had nothing but wet, rain, and oh. and dismal weather. Mm-hmm. And add add that to the to the storms, and and that can be that can be problematic when you're trying to sail across. Um, quite a large lake to, to to make your way to a small island. 
right. where all yeah. this phenomena is occurring. Uh, so uh, we have to try and find those windows. And just recently, we got a bit of a, a bit of a heat spell, and uh, and we were blessed, and that allowed me to travel to this island in particular, out in uh, in County Ross Common, and uh, on this island is a beautiful little castle. But its orientation always, uh, you know, I always could see the orientation of the castle meant much more than what we would initially look at and think, oh, that's a pleasant castle. Mm -hmm. um, but the way the castle was designed, it, it, it seems pretty obvious that this castle was designed to really capture the setting sun on the solstice, oh. um, on the summer solstice, and also the rising sun of the winter solstice. Wow. And nice. Not only do we have all this phenomena going on around the, the castle, and I, I, I should say, you know, looking at the manuscripts um, from 1132, they mention ghosts on the island. Um, so oh, even back wow. then, you know, there, there, have been, there have been associations. But there, recently, um, I got to interview um, a couple of, uh, of, of folks who were, who were there December, I think it was December sorry no uh october two years ago and uh and they were attacked in their in their rowing boat by oh. these two large creatures that seem to rise from from the depth which in themselves um, um i would identify as the ancient gods these oh, wow. large exceptionally huge serpents that attacked the boat and and the interviewee said you, you know he, he spoke to me and said that uh, that this was a life and death situation um, oh both of them thought that that it was it was the end for them <laughs> um and uh, and this december that year then there was also this <laughs> huge ufo that was filmed over the back of this particular location so it's, it seems to have everything going on it's like the irish skinwalker ranch yeah. oh, my oh, God. <laughs> oh wow yeah oh my god so, awesome. you know, so being in that part um is it is that someplace that you've been to frequently or is it just something that you i mean have you been there ireland before? is not big ireland okay. ireland can fit in the state of maine and <laughs> yeah. i am i am five minutes from from the mountains and five minutes from the ocean and from that particular island that i was speaking about there um i'm i'm 30 minutes away from it oh jeez um and having the luxury of having my own boat um i right. I, I make the most of it right right what would you would you like be afraid that since you've heard that story you interviewed interviewed those people would you be afraid to actually travel on your boat in that oh hell no no oh no absolutely no. not no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what so, i do <laughs> right, right. So, so so growing up i mean i'm sure that you probably you know your family you've probably heard a lot of different folklores and a lot of mm. different things in from ireland and even the surrounding areas was there one thing in particular that really stuck with you when you heard these stories when you were a kid was there one oh thing my god yes um okay. i have to say that uh, it was being taken to the cinema by my father um oh. and uh, and i was uh I, I thought it was a great idea to sit down and watch Darby O'Gill and, and the Little People okay. um, by by Walt Disney. And okay. uh, during this movie, all of a sudden the band She appeared on screen. 
terrified the bejesus out of me. I, I must have been about four years of age. And I can remember distinctly climbing off my seat and getting down in between the, the, the seats to peer out between the two cracks of the chair to see if the right, banshee was right. still on the screen. Uh, but I've had my encounters with the banshee. And, and to see this element of our folklore um, and see the realism to it when 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 I, I finally got off my ass and, and, yeah. and went into the countryside to talk to people yeah. um, and and interview them uh, for for a book that I wrote to the banshee and uh, it was about modern interactions with this phenomena does it still happen you know is this something that disappeared when Ireland got the electric light in the, in the 1950s um, and I have to say no she has not disappeared and if anything she is appearing even in our cities. Oh, wow. And I interviewed a guy who who uh, lives in this huge Georgian house um, in Dublin, in, in the center of Dublin. And they have long extended gardens at the back. And uh, he was he was out hanging up his washing. And one little tiny bulb um, in the backlight uh, to cast its heart's glory down down this, this garden the best it could. Yeah. And he's seen movement as he was hanging up the, the clothes on the line. And, and he's seen movement in, in the, in the, further down in the garden. And he stood and watched. And it was her. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, this is something we it's been instilled in us. You should never spy on this uh, one. Yeah. Right. And that's right. exactly what he was doing. Oh wow. And she reacted to the fact that she was being watched. And he's still going through therapy. And um, it was a very, very intense thing. And I have to say, I got to experience from writing the book, I got to experience the the cry of the banshee and and in its own right i've come to in my own way appreciate and understand this being and where it comes from and, and in fact when i when i was putting pen to paper and to hear the call of this banshee again terrified me when, when i got to hear it but it was like her approval mm -hmm okay, you can write this, but also I understood and felt the message within the screen because wow. it wasn't just a case of, of people saying, oh, well, it's, it's, it's a hare. It's a hare in the, gar in the garden um, or it's, it's a fox that's caught in a trap or, or something like that. Or maybe even some lady down the street has had too much whiskey to drink and she's, she's having a bit, of a, a bit of a laugh or whatever the case may be. This is not the case. The screen itself is exceptionally def defined. And, and when the screen hits you, it comes with a vibration that kickstarts your fight or flight. Mm. There is an importance within the screen. Suddenly, your body reacts with a tremendous amount of fear. And you realize there's something more to this. Listen, death <clears throat> is coming. Oh, wow. And that, that's, that's her message. She's, yeah. she's letting the people know death is coming. Prepare now. Now, do you do you fear her like that? I mean, are you like afraid that something's going to happen to you or someone of your loved ones? Or no, um, I I don't because I do have a type of understanding of, of the phenomena. 
-hmm. and and also within the name banshee it's been anglicized um from from the irish but she in itself in in, in the in the end of her name um, um refers to in the modern tech refers to the fairy so it would be in a modern tech it would be the name would simply mean banshee woman of the fairy mm. but that's not a true translation right. that's a romanticized translation because she also referred to the neolithic passage chambers that dots across ireland now these chambers were built before the great pyramids of giza oh, wow. and they are across our landscape especially in the west and um, where i live and it means woman of the mounds, mm. people of the mounds. These entities are coming through the stone oh, onto wow. our landscapes. And it's interesting whenever, whenever I've, I've been following David Politis's work in, in the United States, and, uh, and he has wrote some wonderful material. Um, missing 401 about people who go missing in state parks and things like that. I've been following him. He is he is wonderful in what, what he has mm. done. But interesting that he said the majority of people disappear in, in boulder fields. Yep. We're back to rocks. Yep. And a lot of the shining ones who appear, who are also associated with the she, mm -hmm. also appear on rock strata, mm. in cave systems, cliff edges, about the rocks. What is it about the rocks? And that's where my research has taken me. It's 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 forcing me to to readjust and, and look and examine these rocks and about what is happening at these specific times that's allowing this phenomena to come through, um, and uh, and more so what is happening to some of the people that view it. Right. So right. just in a just in a layman's terms, when you when I when you said rocks coming through the rocks, the first thing I thought was Outlander, where they travel through time using the the standing stones mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. is that kind of well, is that no, kind of along the same lines of where they're traveling from or um, i i don't believe no i don't believe it's 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 a it's a, it's a time uh thing though we have i have to say in in countenance to that uh, there was one location um which was a, an ancient doorway to this other place mm -hmm. um where we tended to find these these were places that that people came from all over Europe to come to these places because it was a place of oracle. Mm -hmm. It was a place that you came to to get the message from these gatekeepers, and the gatekeepers were the giant serpents. So we we tend to find this idea, this aspect of the gateway to the darkness is guarded by the giant serpent. But this is also a place like the the, the 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 Oracle of Delphi and things like that, where you had this this uh, female aspect associated with it, in which the message was being relayed. And uh, I had an experience at one of these places, and it scared. I have to say, beyond anything else that I have seen and done, this place terrified me beyond anything. Really? And oh. and but. Setting that aside, when I went back, I, I initially ten years ago, I said I'm never going back to that place. That's be done. Um, but uh, we did, we did end up going back, and I brought some equipment with me. And one piece of equipment was time dis a time displacement um, uh, uh, um, meter. And for the first time, over the event horizon of this stone mound, 
we got to see a displacement in time. Oh wow! Oh, nice. Um, and and this is this these places that we tend to go to tend to be remote. They're hard to reach, and that was always the way for these old gods, these places of old. They were up in the hills. They were they were in the forest somewhere where you had to. It was a very very hard place to reach. Um, and uh, and what we tended to see is that the more that humanity expanded into these areas, the more they retreated back. Well, it's a lot like uh, wildlife. I mean, yes, they expand into a wildlife yeah, area. Yeah. They ex uh -huh. they go back. Uh -huh, uh -huh. There's so many things about this world that we just don't recognize and understand. Yeah. Right yeah, off the bat. Um, you know, I, I hear a lot of folks saying, oh, well, the people back 2,000 years ago, they were totally ignorant. Um, oh, I don't think so at all. Here. But the thing is, I, I would argue against that. And I said, no, they had their own strengths mm -hmm. because we don't know how to build a pyramid nope. um, the way that they did. Um, the alignments and everything else that was going on would, would severely challenge us today. They, they were still granted, trying to figure out today. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And uh, granted, they wouldn't understand an electric kettle. Um, no. But those are our strengths. Um, and, and our ancestors had their strengths. Mm -hmm. We need to recognize each. Because right. a lot of folks will say to me, oh, well, you know, those old stories. And, and is there such a thing as ghosts and spirits and all the rest? They left us. A, a like multiple lifetimes of information mm -hmm. inscribed on press or uh, paper and uh, and and uh, and clay tablets and everything else. All the information's there, mm -hmm. but we need to go back and look at it. We need to relearn yeah. what we, we need to look at it without. We are we are a civilization of that suffer amnesia. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. forgetting all the time, mm -hmm. and uh, that I, I think can be a problem. Yeah, we mm -hmm. need to look at it without intention of what we want to find in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So you were spoke you spoke a little bit about like the Giza the pyramids and stuff like that. Do you think that that has any correlation together with like when you were talking about the mounds and all that? Do you think that some of those spiritual places are connected to some at some point? Um. Or do you think that their own they they are their own entities basically? In terms, I, well, once looking at whenever I went to Estonia in northern Europe, there was an island off the coast of Estonia in which these mounds had appeared, and and people that lived in this the this this island were known to to again have a, a serpentine connection and also worship at the mounds. It was seen as a death cult type of thing, um, and uh, before the church came along and rectified their ways yes. Um, yes. and uh, so that that was that was still going on in, in northern estonia um but it was interesting to note that the orientation of the mounds some were slightly different than the rest and it was believed that those went to a different place oh. so and each one was activated at a specific time it, it's the mound itself is almost like a huge timepiece mm -hmm. wow. and, and and looking at, at even the mounds that we have here um, on the on the solstice, what we tend to see is that when the sun hits a certain level in the sky, just before it dips beyond the horizon, um, the atmosphere naturally filters the light from the sun. And you get this purity of light that enters the chamber. And, and we have some of the oldest depictions 
of of a, a Celtic cross, which in itself is a is is a floor plan of one of these chambers. The secrets were never lost; They're, they've always been hidden in front of us. Um, and uh, and what we tend to see um, within this eighth century um, uh, wall carving is is this design of of the passage chamber with. Uh, a person, if, if we put it on a clock face, at three and six, mm -hmm. with their mouths open, they're producing vibration. The chant is being produced. And it's not just a chant from, from here. It's like a Mongolian chest chant. It's a very deep, trancy chant that's being produced. And at the top of the, the, the cross piece, you have the oracle. And at the bottom, you have a person crawling in, who is being consumed by a spiraling uh, serpent. Um, so these were timepieces, and these doorways were opened at specific times. They just weren't something that you can say, I've had, a, I've had a little whiskey here, now I'm heading up to the mountain to have a chat with my serpent friend. That doesn't happen. And mm -hmm. um, these were timepieces. There were, there, were, there were specific times when these doorways were activated. And, uh, and, and and that is very, very apparent in, in their designs. And the, the Princeton uh, University came across from, uh, from the United States, and they had done uh, acoustical checks on a lot of the, the chambers here in Ireland, and the majority of them were all tuned to 110 hertz. Oh, wow. How did they do that? Yeah. How did they build that back then? Um, so, uh, but but obviously there was some type of connection that was made with these things beyond where the knowledge was kept, because let's face it, serpent is also connected with knowledge. We see that throughout history, um, and we've got these gatekeepers who give over the knowledge, but it comes at a price. Okay. So, and, uh, and do you think now? Do you think that, that talking about the history and we, that old saying of history is doomed to repeat itself. Do you think in some aspect of the spiritual realm, and especially when we're talking about those different places you just spoke of, do you think that some of that history or, or some of that spiritual energy repeats itself? Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and in fact, it's still being utilized today. You know, okay. we can see um, with within um, e even some some labs that are being sponsored, um, um, that uh, that tests are being are being continued. You know that there was there was experiments that were done in in uh, school uh, on the eastern coast of, of England. I think from ninety five to ninety eight, um, around that time period, and uh, these were seance um, mm. um, experiments, and they met twice a week in the basement of this house and. It got to a stage, it became that famous, that scientists were lining up the door wanting in to experience this. And the phenomena was appearing, and it was a multitude of varying different phenomena, including arms that would materialize, touch the sitters, and the sitters would feel the cold hand on their arm. They would feel the hand and continue up the arm until they got to the elbow, and then there was nothing after the elbow. Oh, my gosh. So, Rule number one, materialization can happen. It doesn't matter right. what form. So right. Right. there we have the first bit. They can materialize whatever they want. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was something else which which spoke volumes to me because they had this camera system that was set up and it was recording. Um, and uh, and during the recording, there was a face that appeared in the recording, and it was a gray, oh, wow. a gray alien. Really? What's a gray, what is a gray alien doing in a seance room? Right. And uh, and so this was continuing as well. Small small UFOs, um, this size, were appearing and flying, zooming around the table, producing this little light onto the table. Um, and uh, and all this was all being observed by the sitters over the five-year period. The, the huge amount of, 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 of um, experiences that they had was, was very well documented by one of the sitters. Every day, every sitting was well documented. And, uh, and I have a copy of the diary here and was able to go through it. But disturbingly, what annoyed me more than anything is that although everything started off well at the beginning, contradictions started coming in. Uh-oh. And eventually, severe contradictions were coming in. And that, to me, um, that's when my alarm bells go off. Hold on a second. They're being deceived. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was problematic. Now, these people had to meet in darkness or very, very little light. Mm-hmm. And yet, 20 years before, in the Livermore Laboratories in the United States, during daylight, the same experiments were being done, and the same phenomena was being reported. And, and in fact, there were strange creatures that were being reported appearing in the bedrooms of the scientists who were involved. <laughs> now, this was happening in daylight, which again was another contradiction that annoyed me that well why does one person have to do it in darkness and the other one can do it in light again right. the deception was was very very high and the more i began to push into this to see well okay if science is doing it where else are we finding this and uh, there was a there was a, a a paper that i have somewhere here on on my desktop um that i i managed to get my hands on and uh, it describes um uh, the douglas aeronautics company who were using company money um, to uh, to try and make contact with aliens mm-hmm. to get uh, advancements in engine design for the aeronautics company through a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the paper is there in black and white. Right. That that big industry is also trying to reach this phenomena. Um, the problem is that they're not seeing the deception within it, because right. when I went through the paperwork and was looking at what they were, what was coming through, I had this red marker and I was going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I was seeing all of that particular pattern of deception playing out again in front of them, and they missed it. Right. So, so why would you think that you you caught all this deception and you saw all these red flags, you know? What would be the reason to actually cause that? I mean, if, if they're actually trying to do something where they're trying to find, do, do this test and do this, and, but what is the, what is the goal? Just, is it just to decept, just, you know, trick people or to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of at a loss that these people, even paranormal, some paranormal teams, you know, they want the, the views and this and that, and they, you know, they fake their evidence or they do this. It's like, that's like an entity on its own. 
You know what I mean? I mean, that's just kind of like a spiritual entity that just wants to infect other people. You know, just it's like ego. You know what I mean? So, um, well, it's interesting that you bring that term up, ego, because that's that's where this phenomena um, is able to break through using to reach us is through ego. Right, right, and and that can be problematic. We we talk of attachments and things like that, and oppression, mm -hmm. um, and this is all part of the phenomena as, right. as a whole, as a greater whole. It's exceptionally animalistic, um, and uh, it's it's part of a, a base root instinct. It's 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 it, it can form our wants, our desires, our needs, um, and uh, and when when it has made this attachment. An external attachment that can become very, very traumatic for the individual because there are certain patterns which which unfold, which affect us on a biological level, and that's something that I touched on in one of my one of my other publications about a decade ago, called the influence, which looks at how this particular phenomena does attach, mm -hmm. and uh, and what it does to us on a biological level to understand that. To wit, to uh, to not only to to watch out for it, but how we can turn it back, right. and and get back some type of control. Unfortunately, when it has gone too far, it creates it can create a type of symbiotic relationship mm -hmm. that is almost impossible to break. So when we have someone coming in saying, "I need help. I've got this thing attached to me. How long have you had it?" And um, well, I've had it for maybe five years. Um, because they haven't broke the connection, this attachment, then if, if we come in and we decide, okay, we'll try and help you release this, within a week to two weeks, it's back mm -hmm. because of the symbiosis. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the same goes for people who own properties um, that, that are haunted. If time has elapsed too much, it can create this symbiotic relationship. And, right. and and it doesn't matter who you bring in. You can bring in the Pope if you want. And mm -hmm. after after a period, it's going to come back because yep. the the attachment was not uh, mm -hmm. dealt with initially. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So and it seems to be like you know the, the paranormal field as a whole could probably use a couple dozen therapists. <laughs> you know, I mean. Just because, just I mean, seriously, I mean, just because the fact that you know when you talk about attachments and you talk about the the symbolism of, of all that, there's so many different people in the paranormal field because it's 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 been growing for a long time now, uh, but it's like you know 20 30 years ago, you know we wouldn't be really be having this conversation too much. Yeah. I mean, it would be you know it something changed and something shifted, and so speaking spiritually. Do you, in your personal opinion, do you think that the spiritual there, that there's been a spiritual shift in on the planet, or even in um, just in anywhere in general? It's it's interesting when we go back and we look at that question through the eyes of our ancestors. Um, when we reached a specific point in our time where we where we had enough, mm -hmm. in which we had some free time to then look at our spiritual make up at what lies beyond we start making contact we start reaching out um, and we find this phenomena behind the veil ready to step forward uh, to say i'm your great uncle derek or whatever mm -hmm. auntie betty um and we'll give you we'll give you 
three lies and one truth. And it's a strange thing that within humanity, we will ignore the three lies and concentrate on the one truth. Right. Oh, well, it's telling me the truth then. I got that right. That one point. And, and, and I can assure you, if it's lied to you once, it will lie to you again and again and again. But this aspect of having free time to look into this other aspect of life um, is where I think some of the problems lie. Because now, more than any, any other time in humanity's history, we have more free time. And it's interesting that when we start True. to realize that, wait a minute, something isn't quite right. Um, and we start, suddenly the, 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 the light bulb goes off in our brain. Wait a minute, I don't think this is what it is. When we, when, when enough of us reach that particular point, throughout history, we can see we come to a point in which we go through a reset. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that that word is something which is being thrown around over the past three years. We're going to go through a reset. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, that's never worked well for yeah. us in the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's been across um, several different cultures. Yeah, yeah. In, in which, and, and that in itself, um, pushes us back um, back into a situation in which suddenly our free time's gone. Um, mm -hmm. There's a different focus in our lives um, and, uh, and um, along with a whole host of other things that occur, um, which is never good. Um, but uh, but it's interesting to see that. And, and now I, I think, um, yes, we are seeing this huge breach occur. Mm -hmm. And this, the floodgates have opened. Um, I, I think spiritually onto this, onto this vein of existence, um, mm -hmm. and and I think, yeah, we are we are in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we we have been for a little bit now. But uh, so let's shift gears a little bit and um, tell us a, uh, a little bit about what you have been up to lately. I mean, are you have anything working on a, a new project? Yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, I was. I was working with archaeologists last year, filming on that specific island where we where we began the the, the show on, and uh, I was filming what they were digging because, to me, it was of great interest. Um, the the fact that they were looking at a medieval period, and I was saying no, no. I understand the medieval aspect to it, but I think it goes much further back in history, and I'm uh, I'm pushing for for the. Uh, for the Bronze Age, mm -hmm. um, because that would tie in with why this island has been obsessed over, why so much blood has been spilt for this place, why so many people died on it. Like the castle itself, one of the one of the castles was struck by lightning, um, and uh, and and before that, the island was struck again, um, and uh, over three hundred people had died on the island. Oh wow! And, and it's small; it's not even right. an acre. Oh and, wow! Uh, it has attracted so much attention. And not good attention. So mm -hmm. there has to be something here. And um, I've had a remote viewer also come on board, and uh, he's been very, 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 very interesting in what he is. He has pulled from the place. There's no idea where the hell it is or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but the information that he has brought forward has tick, 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 tick. Yeah. When we finally get to the history books and start filtering down through, um, so it's 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 quite a remarkable place. So I'm working in that. Um, I'm wanting to put a documentary together, a six-part documentary, um, and uh, hopefully we can secure the funding for that. 
the archaeologists are now back on the island. They're working over the, over the course of the month. And uh, hopefully we might meet or, or, or know something more um, mm-hmm. about that uh, that time period we're aiming for. Wow, that that sounds like that. I would really want to see that documentary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the history aspect of it alone, you know, and just to know. Part of it is a lot of people, you know, who investigate or who do the paranormal or whatever, um, it, they, they want the immediate, the immediate, you know, I'm, you know, searching or hunting ghosts or whatever, which I don't like hunting. I hate that phrase. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like they, they want to do this for the now. But if you actually look back into the future of all these places or even, you know, the locations that you go to, you find and uncover so much more information that could actually, you know, make your investigation that much more plausible of what mm-hmm. you're doing and what you're trying. Um, some people, I think, they're kind of missing the, the 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 part of the the whole history of it. You know, when mm-hmm. me and Kelly talk about, you know, being on in an investigation or doing an investigation or something, it's that's the focus. Is we start with the history, the aspect of it. You know, and then kind of you know build on that because mm-hmm. you know we. But like I don't go, tell you. Yeah, she doesn't tell me nothing. I have to kind of you know with my abilities, I have to come up with that, and I she has to verify it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which to me I think is is a great way to experience it. You know, and I'm not saying that I would get everything right because you know I do believe that you know all mediums are not the same. So I mean, mm-hmm. we might experiencing certain things differently, but. The history aspect. And when you talk about, you know, the island and all of that and what's, you know, the Bronze Era and it's just like I have not ever heard of anybody talk about, you know, a piece of land or like something like that in that aspect, you know, kind of tied with like the paranormal or, mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So having having you know said that that that's going to be an interesting documentary and i certainly hope that you get the funding and you know so if there's anything i could do to help promote it or do whatever just gotta let me know because well, I, that's you. something thank that i much. would love to um be able to eventually see mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, i know that a lot of my friends would probably be you know do the same thing but um well i i do know that uh, that i i can give you a little inside information okay uh, in that um, on one of the last days of the dig last year, something was uncovered. Okay. It, was, it was filmed and it was uncovered. Um, the timing was remarkable because I was so upset. I says, oh no, we're not <laughs> going to get past this medieval bloody period. Um, <laughs> suddenly, rising from the dirt came this piece wow. that, that points directly at the Bronze Age. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. All right. Nice. So there's, there's, a, there's a reason. And you know, not everything's not so much of a science, but it's timing. You know, if yes. you're patient and you're and you have the time to, to do it, and mm-hmm. you know, you put in the work and the dedication, yeah, things will come up. You know, mm-hmm. and just like mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. out of the dirt. You know, that's what you were looking for. You know, well, you know, it, it it's strange when we consider everything that seems to be going on around this particular island, um, and uh, and the great Irish poet, uh, may he rest in peace, W. B. Yeats. Um, he came to the island and he was a member of the Golden Dawn, an esoteric um, occult group that was uh, spread across the British Isles and, and also into uh, Europe. And they came to the island and they wanted the castle. 
Now, no one lived in the castle at that particular time, but um, it seemed important enough that he was to bring the person who was to come, become the first Irish president who would argue the case for the Golden Dawn. Oh, Why did the Golden Dawn want that place? The Golden Dawn usually went after places where there were doorways. Mm-hmm. And when we consider the old gods that were seen, the UFOs that are seen, the paranormal things that are going on within the vicinity, mm-hmm. there may be some credence here to support the idea of a doorway to another place. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, somebody might know. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, like I said, that that sounds like a fascinating story and documentary in itself. So um so have you have you got something else besides that or are you focusing more your energy on that or have you done anything more recent um yeah i'm 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 writing a book i'm in the middle of writing a book um and uh it it in itself is looking at the book that i released last march was called the deceptions of gods and men Mm -hmm. that looked at this aspect um a nature of the phenomena that was coming through the the veal this next book looks at what it is oh and and where it comes from so this changes everything on its head but i have to say i have been getting my ass <laughs> if to <me laughs> <in the> platter <laughs> over the past year um, and it has been very very intense um, in fact to the point where um last christmas i thought i i, I can't go anymore with this because we are being absolutely ruined um and uh so it, it's been a tough a tough slog um to get to the to this point um and and it really went it really went pear-shaped when when the discovery was made where this is coming from the moment that that was established boom it was like a bomb went off in the house right Right. And uh, so that has that has been problematic. I'm, I'm still working on it, and I'm still I still want to finish the book, but mm-hmm. of course there's this in the back of my head: finish it, but don't release it. Um, right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm working with that too. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. To be, right, to right. Be determined. Right. So, uh, are you planning any trips to? us anytime soon um i well there is there is talk that uh, that i may be out in los angeles um in mid-september um, in okay. hollywood but that's all i can say on that matter um, <laughs> and uh, and there's also there's also a mention that uh, that i'll be in the us um, in march next year at an event most of my time now is heading across east and i'll be in uh, in england at the awakenings uh, uh event in manchester in uh, the end of august huge huge event with all big names yeah. there so right. um, i'll be lecturing there as well and i'm looking oh. forward to meeting a lot of people there right right yeah some of the the, the pair cons that that are popping up all over the place especially like in the summertime and even in the fall here in the mm-hmm. u.s it's just we are we lucky to go to a couple and uh me and kelly are speaking at one and it's just the, the pair cons and getting people together is important, especially if you're into this field and yes. you kind of encul- you know, and group all these people together with new ideas and then new mm-hmm. friendships and everything. So I think mm-hmm. that those are great. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about um, that event that you're going to be speaking at. Is is there is there some place in 
in um, in London or anywhere around there that you haven't investigated that you would love to investigate? Oh, well, there's always there's always places that I would like to go to. Um, there is there is one up in Scotland, um, and uh, it's called the uh, the. There's this apparition said to appear, and it's called the Grey Man of Bendui. I think that's the way it's pronounced. Um, oh. This mountaintop in which this grey figure is said to uh, said to scare the people off the mountain um, who are sleeping in this um, little shepherd's uh, hut. Mm -hmm. But science, of course, looked at it, and uh, and science sitting um, in their laboratory, never actually being in the top <laughs> mountain, right. come up with the solution that obviously it's the person's shadow that's being cast <laughs> low sun and over the low cloud you're seeing this huge shadow um and excuse this but you know if you're an idiot that falls for your own <laughs> shadow well then you really shouldn't be on the mountain you really should be on the mountain yeah. right. is that kind of like the groundhog day you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, you know I, I, i've spoken to people who have encountered this phenomenon on the mountain and one in particular talked about how this thing grabbed the backpack and ripped it off his back. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Your shadow doesn't do that. No. No. Um, no if so, it does, you've got bigger problems. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So uh, you know so, that that's things that I'm I'm very very curious about and and heading up as as well up into the Orkney Islands in Scotland, um right in the northern northern coast there, um that's something I I, I want to do as well, and then there's there's loads of things here in Ireland I also want to get and, and have a look at, but it's just getting the time time seems right, to be right. rushing on and and you know you're no time till you're through the next month and you're thinking where the hell did that go. Right, right, right. So yeah. let's go back to the conversation of free time. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that free time go? No, right. so, so I should be the one that has a mute button for Jay every now and then so that I can get my questions in. <laughs> but, but I think he put me on mute so that I wouldn't, you know, like gush all over the place. I've got to say that when I was watching you on Ghost Hunters International. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was coming. Okay, so. was but it the, I do was have it a real accent. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It was. It was uh, your knowledge of the locations, your knowledge of the paranormal. Um, yeah. It was. It was everything except that. I mean, I get over the accent real quick. It's really cool, though. But I get over the accent. Real quick. <laughs> Thank you. I took it everywhere. <laughs> because the accent can go away, the intelligence doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But I do have a question. I can, um, sure. is that what was the event that you would classify as changing your life? Um, I would have to say it would it would have been my interaction on the island of the dead. Uh, that was a place that we had heard the stories, and and like many stories of mythology, mythology and folklore, uh, you tend to take it with a pinch of salt. You go, oh yeah, 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 mm -hmm. um, and uh, so off we went. We were completely unprepared, and when we arrived on this particular island, um, we were handed our asses, and oh, wow. uh, and that that was that was that was so powerful that it lifted me off the paradigm, the railway the railway tracks of, of my own paradigm, and set me on a new course. And and that opened up everything else to work to where I'm working now, um, and 
you know, it, it, it did scare me. It, it, it really did scare me. And I said, I don't want to encounter that again. And, uh, but after the, after the decade now, I can look back and I can see, well, actually that needed to happen because if I continued where I was going, I was just going to end up going in circles. Right. Um, so uh, I, I, I understand it a little bit better. Um, I would have accepted an email. Um, <laughs> I <wouldn't have> posted. <laughs> but I had to go through it. I had to go through it here personally. <laughs> I'm going to steal that one. I would have accepted an email. <laughs> That's perfect. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah, keep going, Kelly. I'm going to let you take the floors. Oh, Lord Almighty. I didn't have a whole list of questions. So I, just I know. I'm you. just putting you on spot. I Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the one that talks a lot. I really yeah. am. I'm the historian. I'm the researcher. I, you know, Very good. Very yeah. good. I'm the pretty face on the camera. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. See how this this goes, Barry. Yeah, yeah. We so, have we have fun on this show, so we do. So you've got a big night planned for you tonight. We hear. What's that? You have a big night planned for tonight. Um, I'm I'm you meant to, you know, here? I'm 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 meant to be out of here by by seven a.m. and uh, I'm looking at the window as there's just sheets of rain <laughs> coming down the window. And I'm thinking, I'm meant to be in a rowboat at half seven. <laughs> Where are your weddies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't know if I could actually do that. I mean, I, I do not like rainy weather, cloudy weather. I'm, I'm all about sunshine and hot weather. And, you know, thunderstorms are nice, but yeah. Gloomy did, days like that, I don't, I don't know. Did Did you say you wanted to come to Ireland? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, believe, me. believe me. Yeah, no, yeah. Me and my, me and my I'm wife would love Scotland, to be. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Both Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, both me and my wife would love to. But yeah, yeah. I kind of have a problem getting across the water. I don't, I don't know. I have, I have a, a irrational fear of flying over the ocean. I don't know why, but I just. Well, drowning is a drowning is, is is a good fear to have, um, but fear not, fear not, because you get a little whistle. And, and that's... By the time you, by the time your plane reaches the ground or reaches the ocean, you're probably going to be gone anyway. So, it's yeah, that's, I hear that. So, somebody had a question for you, Barry. I wanted to post it real quick. Mm -hmm. How can you tell when an investigator is legit? They don't tell lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there is that, and um, yeah. it is, it is very difficult. You know, you, you have to, you have to speak to the the investigator. Go with your gut. Right. Your instinct is very, very important and shouldn't be ignored. If it doesn't feel right, then you can be sure it's it probably not right. isn't. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, your intuition is is kind of pretty much always been a ground uh, base of uh, operations for me. You know. Yeah, yeah, if I, I, if, yeah. If I don't feel it, then I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? It's kind of, yeah. I just, no, there is there is situations today in which that that gift of discernment can be interrupted, and mm -hmm. and and that is something maybe we should touch on now. Now that it's it's here, um, right. that uh, that our gift of discernment. <clears throat> It's a very soft, 
if, if you wish to place it in a, in a, in a perspective, perspective of a voice, it's a very soft voice. Um, but it also comes with, with a series of biological responses that we can identify and we, we, can, we can hone in on those. But if we're going out and we have refined sugar, if we consume refined sugar in whatever format, that can shut down your gift of discernment. So if, for instance, we meet up at, at some fast food restaurant and we have a, um, a, a, a jar of, of, of soda drink, um, that has the potential of shutting down the best piece of equipment that you have, which is you. Mm -hmm. You're blinding your own sense mm -hmm. and you're moving into a situation in which it could be potentially um, a threatening situation. You don't want to be bringing things home unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and to have that biological response to initiate when you walk into a particular building and suddenly the hair goes up in the back of your neck and you go, oh, there is another one here. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, to have that shut down, I think, is 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 disastrous so understanding what we the way our bodies respond to what we eat and drink and um, is, is something which is vitally important and and also if we go back and we look at the likes of um the semitic um incubus and succubus attacks which in itself is nothing more than a mask um, and we look at the other phenomena um such as the jinn the fairy the grays right into the modern ufology um, 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 uh, holdings there all this phenomena is all responding or can respond to the stimulus of iron in other words iron will stop a physical manifestation attacking the person really iron yeah iron is very powerful it's been powerful incubus, in yeah incubus I and succubus attacks will attack women more than men and we say incubus and succubus, they're all the same thing. It's they're all, all the same thing. Right, um, right. Yeah. Nine the times thing. out of ten, they will attack women more than men. And that's because they attack when they've entered their monthly cycle. Right. When, they when the iron levels have reduced within the system. Huh. That's when the door opens for an attack to occur. When they're coming to... to to do or to do the nighttime abductions and attacks and things like that, and um, they will not materialize. They will not come near the person if their iron levels are sustained, or they're wearing an iron amulet. Grays will stay the hell away from you with that. Right. Now, if we're dealing, if we're dealing with individual things like a Semitic demon or a, a Middle Eastern uh, jinn or the Irish fairy, for instance, or a series of little gray aliens from Alpha Centauri. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell do they have all in common? What is it about iron? the iron? Yeah. Unless we're looking at the same source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh. That's that's an important thing to consider. Are we looking at something that's coming through in the same source, but using different masks? So, wow. the source being uh, the iron, or the source being something else? I'm trying to. I'm no, the, the, the source, the source, the source of where they come from. Okay, um, got it. Is 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 what I'm referring to. Are we okay. looking at something that's that's slipping through from the same source? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I knew about iron a long time ago because of because of my path. But mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. as a witch, you you yeah. use iron all the time mm -hmm. for yeah. protection. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
If I could get my wow. hands on some railroad spikes, they'd be planted all over my property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you are in the southern states. I'm sure there's some around there somewhere. And I live right beside the railroad. Yeah, so. see? Uh, but there's well, iron right there. There we go. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So, so, so what's a few missing spikes? Of the <laughs> you know, that wasn't me. <laughs> how did that how did that real crash happen in Tennessee? Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. And why does this lady have these spikes all the way around her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even then I don't think that they would understand. They probably would put two and two together, but you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, but yeah. Oh well, okay, fine. I won't. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, um we're getting uh seven more minutes, but uh I have a one last question for you, Barry, and then I'll let um, Kelly ask you one more real quick. Oh, sure. Lord, now I got to think. Yeah, see? So um, <laughs> what was your best moment on being on GHI? Oh, you took best that question. <laughs> um, th there, were several, there were several different ones. Um, one in particular that was on camera. And I don't know if it was used because I never got to see the show myself. Um, we went to the, the Mayan underworld, Zabalba, and we we had to swim through this, this the mouth of the cave with her equipment um, and uh, and into this cave complex that, that, that stretched, I think it was three or five miles into the mountainside. <clears throat> now, generally, uh, um, um, uh, what do they call them? <laughs> My goodness, tourists. That's it. Okay. Um, oh, those things. Yeah, we have those. We have those. Yeah, we have those. <laughs> they can they can get to a certain point in the cave system. It's about a mile in. Uh -huh. And uh, as we were working there on the show, we began to hear this. It sounded like voice within the cave system further in. And I, I paid more and more attention to this. And uh, we then began to follow it. And our cave guide that was with us, um, who, was, uh, who was from the country um, and well-established there, he said, don't go after these voices. Please don't. Our <laughs> grandfathers have talked about these and they will kill you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, well, so we're going to go. <laughs> and, uh, and in we went and we, we walked one hell of a distance within the cave system and as we get closer and closer this was becoming more and more defined but in a language that we couldn't understand oh wow wow and it got to a certain point that whatever this thing was it was you know there, there was this turn in the cave on the, on the other side which was about 50 feet away it was behind that corner whatever this thing was and it seemed to understand our language, mm -hmm. but we couldn't understand it. And, but beyond, in, or sorry, in between us and it, the cave floor dropped off and just oh, went wow. into the darkness. Oh. So we had this void to try and cross. <laughs> and there was no path to throw rocks on so you walk across? No, that, <laughs> that, that was it. And, and I turned around and I, I looked at, the cast that was with me and I looked at the TV crew that were behind me as well. And I had to weigh up the situation 
and look at the depth of the water because I nearly I was nearly drowned before in in Transylvania by by a thing there, um, and I said I had to be very cognizant of this. This could be a trap, mm -hmm. and and that's whenever we stopped. We said that's it. We're done. Well, We're not going I mean, any further. That just totally that points to an elemental. Well, yeah. well, the thing is, it, it was remarkable that when we when we made the decision to stop and not venture any further, it stopped communicating. Oh wow! There was nothing else after that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that goes back to your intuition again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. It's like, nope, not doing it. Done. Nope, nope. Out. <laughs> yeah. Tell her me gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, we, get, we don't yeah, have me... time for my question now because yeah, it's like it, almost it. an hour. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Who, 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 <laughs> who on this earth would yeah. you go investigate with? Hands down, no questions asked. They call, you're out the door. Jacques Vallée. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, scientist Jacques Vallée. Um, and second to that would probably be, if he was still alive, John Keel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. And uh, right. a bit. Wow. wow. Well, yeah. So everybody who's tuned in, this has been a fantastic show. I had loved picking your brain, Perry. <laughs> I just like listening. Yeah, mean, the, yeah. the knowledge I mean, you, is just yeah. amazing. Right, right, right. Thank you. Yeah, and so, I, yeah. I have it written down here to go pick up some of your books because I'm very yes. interested in your theories. Yes. Thank yeah. you. And you can find all right your now books on you. Amazon, correct? That's right. Yeah, um, the, the latest one, uh, the the deceptions of gods and men, um, it really it really is an intense book, and uh, and it's available in hardback, um, softback, um, ebook, and also in audiobook. Nice audiobook. That's cool. I need to get that. All right, Barry. So, yeah. So we want to thank you, Barry, again. This has been a, a great time. And thank you very much. My electrician is here. So I have yeah. to run. All right. See how that's, that's great timing. That was okay. Great. All right. Bye, All right. Kelly. All right. Thank you, Barry. I You're still very welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Matters for you. So don't, don't <laughs> for a minimum. I, right. I, I understand. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. So, yeah, Barry, I want to thank you again. So, yeah, this has been fun. And uh, good luck with your documentary. And thank you. Hopefully we will be able to see it soon you know, within Fingers the next crossed. year or two. And mm -hmm. yeah, everybody, I want to thank you again. This is the Cemetery Files podcast, and you can find us all on YouTube and all Facebook and all the audio platforms you can find us on. That's where we'll be at. So again, everybody watching, tuning in, we want to thank you. See you later. Bye now. <laughs>